This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to yet another edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Today's show is being brought to you by Crawford's Barbecue Pit Products. Check out all their awesome pit products over at CrawfordsBBQ.com. What's up for today? We're going back to January 14th in 2014. Greg pays a visit with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead is filling you in on a couple of Asian-inspired pork rib recipes. Second segment today, food blogger John Thomas from Grilling 24-7 is in. He's got a couple great recipes for you as well. Here we go. Let's get to it. Here's Greg and Meathead from January 14th. 2014. This one, yeah, because that's where the camera. These look are. really good. These look really good. Aren't they beautiful? That's yes. my attempt at Chinese um, ribs, and that is Ooh, wow. um, Chinatown char siu ribs. I call them, and the recipe is on my website, amazingribs.com. And I slaved long and hard, and uh, make a batch, taste it hustle down to the Chinese restaurants, taste theirs, hustle back. And I've come pretty close. And I've learned a lot about the process. It is not barbecue by any stretch of the American definition. Any stretch. Um, uh, in China, um, uh, it is often cooked with charcoal. But in the United States, it's almost always cooked with a gas oven. Yeah, It's this big gas oven. Um, um, actually, I oh dear, what number is next? I, now that I'm, I'm out number, of uh, number you know, two, improv, improvising. Yeah, it's this uh, big uh, vessel-looking thing. Yeah, where is that? Uh, that's it. Yep. That's it. The that Sunwa is, uh, oven. One of the ovens that they use at uh, at, at, at Sunwa, and uh, the door swings open, and the food hangs. It's lot like the pit barrel. Um, the food hangs in this pit barrel barbecue. There you go. There's some um, pork loins. And tenderloins, actually. I think those are tenderloins. Um, and, Greg, you know the difference now, don't you? I do now. <laughs> it's a running joke, folks. If you don't know it, uh, <laughs> we won't get into it. Um, and um, uh, those are pork tenderloins. And it gets a smoke ring. But it's not from smoke. No. It's from it's... Uh, Tender Quick. No. No? No. no. Uh-oh. Let's see if anybody in the, uh, in the chat room. Go ahead, guys, in the chat room. How do they get the red smoke ring? Come on, type it in, somebody. They serve raw meat, meathead. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a food coloring. It's just red food dye. Um, it's red food coloring. What? Um, and it's sometimes a beet extract. It's sometimes a red bean, azuki-type beans. And sometimes it's just red food coloring, um, uh, which uh, often comes from... The, Cochineal, which is an insect. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, well, it's natural. It's natural. You're eating bugs, uh, the juice of bugs, at least. Um, but it's a red food coloring, and they get a really neat smoke ring, and you've seen it. And I'm, and I'm thinking, uh, let's, uh, let's go to um, uh, slide four. All right, here we go. Oh, yeah. now, the, what a great picture this is. It makes me want to grab a beer, 
There's or your small a fine, uh, a fine white wine, and just get after it. And and uh, that's from the same recipe. Oh, those as look good. Um, the uh, ribs. Um, I didn't use the sesame oil, and I used a little less coloring. But um, th- that's pork loin, not tenderloin. Um, and uh, what they do is they they have a marinade. Um, now, if you've done any Chinese cooking or um, if you like Chinese food, there's a few cornerstone flavors. And, and one of the reasons I want I got I got I got to go back to the why I suggested we talk about this. Yes, please. During the Polar Express last week. Um, oh, forget it. I I cooked out only once. I w- I wimped out. I just did not want to be out there very much, and. Um, uh, I cooked indoors, and this is a great recipe for indoors because you can do it both outdoors. You can do it on your smoker, you can do it on your grill, and you can do it in your indoor oven. And if you're just dying for some good ribs, and uh, this is a really neat variation on the theme uh, that you can do with um, either spares, St. Louis cut, baby backs. Some Chinese restaurants, they use baby backs. Some of them, they take the spares and they slice them in half, so they're like little riblets. You can okay. do that if you've got a bandsaw in your basement. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, but the flavors are really typical Chinese. What we call Chinese flavors are usually based on toasted sesame oil. And uh, if you see sesame oil that's pale or yellow, that means it's not toasted. It's just a plain old vegetable oil. Toasted sesame oil is brown, and it doesn't take much, a few drops of it. And just for the fun of it, if you don't have any, go get some and smell it. Because the minute you smell it, you're in Chinatown, you're in a Chinese restaurant. And a few drops of it in mayonnaise is really good on a chicken sandwich or chicken salad. It really takes mayonnaise into a wonderful direction. And you can use it in a lot of things, but it's really potent. Just a few tiny drops of toasted sesame oil is all you need. And that's a really distinctive uh, Chinese flavor. Another really distinctive Chinese flavor that's in this marinade is hoisin sauce. And hoisin sauce, some people call it Chinese ketchup. It has no tomatoes. The reason they call it Chinese ketchup is very common. And if you've ever had mushu pork, that brown stuff that you spread on the pancake, that's hoisin sauce. Now, you can buy... Char Su, which is Chinese barbecue sauce, but I don't recommend it. It's, it's, it's better to make your own um, blend because the Chinese Char Su is really thick and gummy, and it's really only good as a glaze, and it's, it, it's just not, it just doesn't bear a resemblance to the, uh, the barbecue flavor that we're going to get with uh, a recipe like this. So hoisin sauce is at the base of a lot of um, Chinese restaurants, and it's a... Um, it's a uh, a fermented soybean and vinegar and uh, salt and rice wine and uh, uh, garlic and chili. It's got all kinds of good stuff in it. Um, the one of the other cornerstone flavors of Asian cooking is five spice powder, and it's got five spices: yeah, um, cinnamon, cloves, star anise, fennel, and uh, Sichuan peppercorns, and uh, um, it's really easy to make. Uh, you can just get those five ingredients, grind them up, and it's expensive to buy. But if you cinnamon, cloves, star anise, fennel, Sichuan peppercorns, grind them up, and you can make it yourself. I've got the rough proportions in the recipe on my website. And then the other cornerstone flavor of Chinese is soy sauce or 
tamari. Um, and, uh, of course, that's fermented soybeans and other grains. Um, uh, and I wanted to – there's a slide there, Greg. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to pre Yeah, the one the that uh, tells you the ingredients in soy sauce. 8B soy. Um, you know, for years we've been say, oh, well, you got a nice little background. Oh, I kind of liked the background there, but that's good. Um, for those of you who can see this, um, there's two packets of Chinese restaurant carryout soy sauce there. And if you can read the ingredients, the one on the left, the Li Kung Ki, um, is, contains the third ingredient, uh, water, salt, soybeans. The one on the right, no soybeans. Huh. It's just brown liquid. Um, you can read the. It's the bottom. Uh, um, uh, the yeah, one, the one in the nice. black. You got the zoom going. Yeah. You got. You got the technology this week. Yeah. Last water, week was kind of rough, wasn't it? Water, salt, caramel color, sugar, monodosium glutamate, <laughs> monodosium glutamate, one percent sodium benzenate for preservative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's no soy sauce. There's no soybeans involved. So when you buy soy sauce, um, you want to get. Um, look at the label. Now, of course, um, Kikoman uh, and uh, Lee, Lee uh, um, what is it? The, uh, Lee Kim Ki, Lee Kum Ki are the two big brands in this country, and uh, uh, those are uh, good brands. But watch that, and you can use the, the um, leftovers from the Chinese carryout that you ordered on Tuesday, but check first to make sure it's soy sauce, because often it isn't. Um, so in any case, those are the cornerstone flavors, and I've got most of those in there. Um, also, in a lot of Chinese dishes, you got ginger, honey, garlic, and they use honey as a, a barbecue sauce a lot. They, it's just a glaze; it goes on in the end, and um, uh, it really is is a lot of fun. And uh, if you haven't got a good Chinese uh, uh, cookbook, uh, it's it's a fun thing to play with. Uh, uh, particularly in the cold weather. But my recipe, and there, I, there was another ribs. I have two rib recipes, Chinese rib recipes. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, hoisin ribs, number five. Number f- okay, yeah. I, just, I think I just five. had that up. Give me one second. Oh, wait. Oh, 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 oh. Here we go. This is the one. I got to get the other picture out of the way. Oh, damn oh. it, Meathead. Damn it. <laughs> here you go. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Okay, there we go. Well, yeah, it's in the background. Sweet now. Oh, that's good. Uh, this is my um, hoisin ribs, um, and this is a slightly different approach and recipe, and it's got a, a kind of a brownish color, but it's really quite tasty, and um, it's really nice with uh, uh, chopped green onions on top and some sesame seeds. Um, fun stuff uh, for the uh, pork lovers out there. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john, J-O-N, at the bbqcentralshow.com. Hey, before we get into the second segment, let me take a minute to tell you about Crawford's Barbecue Pit Spritz. Pit Spritz is all natural and gluten-free. Pit Spritz keeps your meat super moist during the cooking process. The peach pit spritz adds an amazing sweet peach taste to your barbecue. It's great on all meats, and it does exceptionally well on pork. All you need to do is screw the included trigger sprayer onto the 16-ounce bottle, and you're ready to go. Get all the details on Crawford's pit spritz. Head on over to CrawfordsBBQ.com. Be sure you use the coupon code GREG at checkout. You will save 10% off your entire order. That's GREG, G-R-E-G.
Uh, my first guest in the second hour, a very successful blogger. You can find him by visiting Grilling 24 by 7 That's X, Grilling24x7.com. A first-timer to this show. Excited to have him on. Let's go ahead and race over the hotline and welcome in John Thomas to the show. John, how are you, buddy? How are you doing, buddy? Doing absolutely fabulous, John. Appreciate you making time for the show tonight. And, uh, you know, to start, I guess, I uh, actually met John in person at the uh, very first Kingsford Invitational in the middle of nowhere, Missouri. Uh, John, recount me the uh, highlights and lowlights uh, now uh, almost two years away from that event. Uh, for me, the highlight, of course, the Budweiser Tour and Luncheon, hands down. Uh, but as you reflect back on that the Kingsford Invitational inaugural event, uh, some some great things that you liked and some things you thought could have been tweaked right off the bat. Well, let's see. I think the thing I liked the best was, as you pointed out, the Budweiser stuff. I mean, they treated us uh, they treated us pretty well. I remember uh, Budweiser chefs were making all these meals and pairing it with, you know, surprisingly just the Budweisers and other types of beers that I normally wouldn't have gone for. I thought that I thought they really treated us well in that respect. Uh, it was also great to have you know some of the samples straight from the uh, you know the competition teams. That was you know you can't beat that. Um, I don't know if there's any low lights. I mean, what could be what could be bad about you know tons of beer, tons of barbecue, hanging out with you guys? That was pretty good. I guess the only negative would be we you know they didn't invite us all back next year. All right, uh, John, so let's uh, talk about you here just for a second. If the people aren't familiar with Grilling247.com, a little background about you. And uh, is this, you know, live fire uh, grilling thing that you're into, something that you have uh, been around? Did you grow up with a family that liked to do this? Or is this something that has become more of an affinity for you later in life? I I think it came later in life. Um, I mean, I've always enjoyed enjoyed food, always enjoyed eating, but the cooking kind of came... The cooking kind of came after school. I was, um, you know, always interested in science, doing all that kind of stuff uh, all through school. And I think it was just natural to go right into cooking. Uh, I came about it a little late in life, I guess. But, you know, cooking is science. There's tinkering. There's measuring. There's experimenting. You know, especially when you try to add some fire, fire, meat, all that stuff. I'm I'm totally on board. So, um, you know, part of the tinkering is I just started writing HTML one time, one day. I was like, look at this. I can make the computer screen green. You know, I was just so basic. And then all of, a, all of a sudden I started learning tables and, you know, writing, writing a blog. And, uh, you know, then, food for, then I found out about food photography and then the grilling and just everything just, you know, exponentially went up. So, um, so basically, as you, as you pointed out, I mean, I write a food blog. I try to keep it basic. I try to keep it with um, you know, simple recipes that people can follow. Um, you, you just need some basic charcoal grilling skills. I, I focus on charcoal you know, if you can do direct heat cooking, indirect heat cooking, you should be able to follow anything I do, uh, especially the, you know, getting into. I, I do a little smoking on, on the website, but I think most of it is most of it's focused on grilling. You have a bacon guacamole burger. So, is this yeah. something where it, it was just like you said? They uh, Clint was like, "Hey, we need something for a for an avocado," and you were struck with some passion and some vision. Well, no, that one wasn't through for that wasn't through Clint. I think I just came up with that one because I was in this big uh, guacamole kick. You know, who doesn't like guacamole? Oh. And I, I must have saw somewhere. You know, hey, put it on a uh, 
put it on a burger. Because that's, you know, part of what I was saying was I like to keep things simple. So if you look at that recipe, it's literally you make a guacamole, you put some bacon on, you have a nicely seasoned, well-cooked burger. Well, those simple flavors, oh, I mean, they just work so well together, especially if you present it right and, you know, you have a toasted roll and things like that. It's just you can really make something special if you have simple ingredients, if you just put them all together right. So that's kind of what I'm focused on. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, as I'm coming to, to read about the blog a little bit more, and of course I follow you on Twitter, and I'm always interested to see what you're saying, but there, there seems to be a theme with the uh, Grilling 24-7 blog and your vision, which is, you know, not to get, to get like too super intricate, where it's going to be, you have to be like at a certain level in order to participate with you. It's simple stuff. It's not a lot of ingredients, or if there are a lot of ingredients, they're not super hard to find or to uh, incorporate into the recipe. But it's like doing a little something extra with the simpleness to raise it up another level, like you just said, a toasting a bun instead of just leaving it untoasted. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, I, I actually, I just posted a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a jerked uh, chicken wing recipe, and it was kind of odd to write it up because I think there was like 20 ingredients. <laughs> I usually don't do things like that, but I, you know, it was orange juice, and it was this intense uh, jerk marinade that had some fantastic flavors in it, but I was looking at it, you know, thinking, oh, I like to keep things simple, and here I'm entering in, let's see, what's this, the 12th ingredient, 13th ingredient? So as I said, I'm looking at the site, and I see there's a bunch of recipes and that's well uh, thought out and how you kind of lay out step by step for everybody but we have a huge uh, football game coming up here sooner than later and uh, there was a couple recipes that I wanted to ask you about specifically and uh, I think these would be really good options uh, for people to at least attempt if you're going to be holding some type of a Super Bowl party and the first thing you know I love gyros uh, when I was at OU going down uh, that's Ohio University for uh, people who don't know not Oklahoma because uh, I'm from Ohio it, one of the best hero hole in the wall little places ever on the face of the earth. You have this thing called Bratwurst Hero. What is it about, and how do you put it together? Well, that's you know that's interesting. Now, I'm glad you said Euro because as I write this in my mind, I just say Gyro. Oh no, <laughs> but I, you know I don't know how you're supposed to say it. But as a writing, it doesn't matter. But I'm glad you said that. So I'm going to say what Euro. There we go. Um, I've always, you know, it all started. I was, you know, everybody's a good fan. Of, everybody's a big fan of Good Eats, and I'm trying. I'm watching Alton Brown, and I, he had this phenomenal, you know, lamb mixture on a rotisserie spinning, and I thought, oh, I've got to do that, you know. Well, I keep, where I live, I mean, I live in a near a major city, Baltimore. I've had a, a lot of trouble finding ground lamb. So much trouble, in fact, that I gave up. I couldn't find it. So on my to-do list was, I, I want to make these heroes. So. You know, I was thinking about it, like, is, is there any way to do this? And then the guys at Johnsonville, they posted a, um, a recipe called a, uh, a Euro Sub, and they had a bratwurst with, um, you know, some feta and this cucumber-based sauce called it tzatziki sauce. And I thought, well, wow, they did the sub, and all they have to do is slice it differently and put it on a pita, and you've really got yourself a, um, a simple, simple, simple Euro. So the way I did this was you just simply grill brats. I mean, the typical, typical bratwurst. No, no need for beer flavored or anything like that. Just typical brat. Cook it, let it come, bring it inside and cool it. You want to slice it lengthwise, and that's a little hard sh- to show while I'm on the phone, but, you know, you slice it the, the long way. So you have these long slivers. Well, if you look at that bratwurst, it kind of has the consistency. It has the look of that authentic lamb mix, right? It has that, it has that look. So you slice that up. You sit it on a warmed pita, 
you put some sliced onions, some tomato, and then you make up a, uh, you can either make it or you can buy it. I mean, it's, it's, no, it's up to you, this cucumber-based sauce. Well, this is a pretty darn good representation of a, of a euro, if you ask me. Now, if you're going to go up to a Greek guy and say, hey, what do you think of this? They're going to laugh in your face. But if you can't find lamb, this is the most simplistic. Everybody can grill a brat, right? It's the most easy-to-do way to get a, to get a, a, a gyro. So, excuse me, euro. <laughs> I'll let it slide this time, John. Okay, I'm showing time. the pictures of it here uh, as we're talking from your website, and it uh, it does look incredibly simple but incredibly tasty. And uh, people in my family are huge fans of that uh, cucumber cream sauce that go on the euros as well. Uh, I love so it yeah. looks absolutely fantastic. Um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, you know, something huge for any party it doesn't have to be Super Bowl for me it can be anything is a buffalo chicken dip and you kind of stepped it up a notch with this buffalo chicken fatty recipe where did you come up with this one yeah this is this is really I, I really like this and in fact I, I was I was reading over this uh, a couple of days ago and I thought I, I got to do this this weekend so everybody's done these um, these fatties right you get your, you get your smoker and you and you buy this um, what's it like one of those big logs of breakfast sausage and you smoke that and that's your fatty and then people have taken it up a couple notches by wrapping it in bacon weaves and doing all these exotic things. Yep. So, you know, I think they made the news being called bacon explosions yeah. and things like that. Well, this is a, a pretty cool modification on that. So basically you make this um, bacon weave. So you got to Google how to do that. that that's, I, to be honest, I had to ask my wife how to make the weave for the longest time, but I think <laughs> I finally got it now. So you make this bacon weave, and then you take about two or three very large boneless, skinless chicken breasts, and you pound them flat. So you get a nice, even, thin consistency. And then on top of that pounded flat chicken breast, you put some sautéed garlic, some hot sauce, some blue cheese crumbles, and some Ooh. Parmesan cheese. Yeah. Well, then you finagle that, or you, you know, if you're clever, you can do it on top of the bacon weave. You put all that, ch- that chicken, the flat mixture, on top of this bacon weave, and you roll it up, and then you smoke it. And maybe an hour and a half, two hours later, it's going to be done. You start brushing it with either a barbecue sauce or a hot sauce, and you've got this, you know, it looks like a torpedo that's in a, a bacon weave, and on the inside is just this rolled, thinly pounded chicken with a blue cheese, garlic, hot oh. sauce mixture. It's out of control. It's really good. And there you go. From January 14th, 2014, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. John Thomas from Grilling 24-7. Link in the show notes, take you to this full episode. There's a lot more information there for you. You're going to want to check it out, I guarantee you. Thanks so much to Crawford's Barbecue Pit Products for sponsoring this show today. Please check them out over at crawfordsbbq.com. Don't forget, save 10% off your entire order by using the code GREG at checkout. G-R-E-G. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I am your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.